Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Good morning, everyone. Another edition of Make It Plain. And since it's Thursday, as always, it's time for Thursday Coast with the founder of Daily Coast, the largest online progressive community, also the founder of Civics with a Q. And so we can look at a lot of poll numbers with his help and some new things going. I received a call um, from some Black Lives Matter activists about the uh, new sort of law and order ad that the Biden campaign is running and preparing to run. They're crying, rioting, and looting. Uh, In the midst of that, we're seeing some slightly shifting polls when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Civics is taking a look at that as well. We want to talk to Marcos Melissus about that on Thursday Coast. Marcos, how are you, buddy? Doing great. How are you doing, Mark? Just just fine. Just fine. So um, where is the polling right now when it comes to Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> so civics, we at Civics, Civics with a Q, we've been tracking public attitudes towards Black Lives Matter for the last three, four years. So it's, this is a long running daily poll. 
Uh, we track it across all 50 states. So we have a very sort of granular, granular look at how public attitudes have been shifting and moving and who has been moving uh, in, this, in this polling over the last, especially in the last, since the protest movements began after Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and, and so on. Uh, so what we found is that there was a huge outpouring of support for Black Lives Matter following the George Floyd murder. And at one point, there was actually majority support amongst white people for Black Lives Matter. It's been the first time we'd seen that uh, since we had started tracking uh, that question. Now, in the time since that support, the, the, the amount of people who support white people we're talking about, the amount of white people that support Black Lives Matter has stayed fairly constant, maybe dropped a couple points. What we've seen though, is that there was a large number of white people who were on the fence. They were like, eh, you know, the question really is neither support nor, the, nor oppose, right? So they were like, eh, I, who knows? That number has gone up into the opposed territory. So suddenly for the first time since the protest movements began, the number of white people that oppose Black Lives Matter actually outnumbers those who support it. And what that has done, people have taken notice of this, people have been looking at this civics uh, data, is you have this new sort of track of punditry that says, well, Joe Biden needs to do something about that. This could cost him the election. He should sister soldier the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I just wrote a piece on Daily Coast about it a couple of days ago, talking about how dangerous this is as a line of thinking and how it misreads the data. And should I talk about how they really screwed this up? How they're looking at this wrongly? Please, please. So, so what they're doing is they're looking at the support rights in opposition to Black Lives Matter. And just on a meta level, when I say white people oppose Black Lives Matter, I'm really talking about white men and white older men because young white uh, voters supported by 20 point margin, wildly popular amongst young white people. Also white women support Black Lives Matter by nine points, plus nine uh, points. So it's really older white men and they are so viciously opposed that, uh, that it skews that overall number. So just to be clear about white people, is that if you're a young white person, if you're a woman, you're more likely to support Black Lives Matter by a long shot. So anyway, um, what people have seen is, is this rights in opposition. Uh, it hasn't come from people who support it. If you look at before the protest movement and after and today, the number of white people that support Black Lives Matter is actually up. So it is actually this opposition number. And so you dig into the data and you, know, you can do that at civics. It turns out that it's Republicans. Republicans who didn't know what Black Lives Matter was, and so they were, they were undecided, suddenly were told by Donald Trump and they were told by Fox News that this is the second coming of Karl Marx and terrorism and hate and all those other nonsense, crazy right-wing reactions to, to Black Lives Matter. And so those white people now oppose Black Lives Matter. They didn't know what it was before, now they do. And they're like, oh yeah, we don't, we don't want anything to do with that. So you have pundits saying Joe Biden has to do something when white people are more supportive of Black Lives Matter than they were before. 
the people who aren't are Republicans, clearly Republicans. And if you look at white independent, white, white Democrats overwhelmingly support Black Lives Matter. It's not even close, right? They're good allies here. So you look at white independents and they, there is majority support for Black Lives Matter amongst, uh, amongst white independents and uh, by about four or five points. So the idea that Joe Biden should crap on its most loyal demographic because white Republicans are freaking out is not only stupid, not only does it misread the data, but is dangerous. If you're talking about a way to lose an election, there's no better way for Joe Biden to lose an election than to demotivate his base at the worst possible time. We'll have plenty of time to, to hate on Joe Biden after the election, because this is what us liberals do, right? We're, gonna, we, we're never going to be happy. But right now is not the time to do that. And for sure, Joe Biden doesn't need to be crapping on his base. So is, is he doing that? with this law and order ad, is, is this a reaction to some of this punditry that says he's got to speak out against looting and rioting? Um, he's headed to Kenosha. Um, the worry, I mean, because <clears throat> if he goes in and talks about, oh, looting, looting and rioting, it's, it's like Trump with the stroke. I didn't have a stroke. We never said right. shit. We never said, Joe Biden, that you were in favor of looting and rioting. But it's such a sensitive issue in this moment of reckoning and, frankly, rebellion. You know, unless you're going to say, Marcos, and I don't think you can, I think it's too complicated for a presidential candidate to go down this road 60 days out. You and I know, or not to take it back, we don't really know who's doing some of this looting, rioting, and burning. But we know a lot of these people don't, are not African-American. Okay, so right. we don't know how many of these people are real versus Trump provocateurs trying to stoke that race war. Yeah, it's just no telling, and and it, it gets more suspicious again. It's whole another story when you look at the deliberate burning of of businesses that like drugstores and grocery stores in black communities. So now you got food that black folks wouldn't burn down their own grocery stores. Yeah. So <clears throat> the thing is to go in and use the same old same old nineteen sixty record rhetoric. I'm against looting and rioting. To me, that's a very slippery slope. Just leave it alone. It is, to you, to borrow Trump and Michelle Obama, I mean, it is what it is. And it's justified in this moment of reckoning and rebellion. There, This is the fog of what this nation has wrought with police violence. So is, is Biden listening too much to this notion that, oh, we've got to go in and say something against looting and rioting, which will be interpreted as saying something against Black Lives Matter. So I don't know if he's listening too much. And we don't know, I guess at this point, we don't know what he's going to be saying. Um, what I do know is that he's been served well by not being out in the community. <laughs> We've talked about this and I will, I will keep saying it. Joe Biden's weakness as a candidate, he himself will say it. He's called himself a gaffe machine. Like it's not nobody, he has said it, he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to go out and talk on the most sensitive of issues, which is race, is absolutely fraught with peril. <laughs> now, for whatever reason, they've decided that they need to do this or they want to do this. If he pull, like an Obama could pull it off. I'm not, I, I don't think a lot of people are capable of pulling it off. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, they definitely could. Um, 
I don't know if anybody else I would trust to give this this speech, right? But he, he, he's rolling die, I guess. Um, I don't think there's anybody who supports rooting and right, looting and rioting, right? So it's that question of, do you reinforce the idea, like you just said so 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 perfectly well, that the protest movement is analogous to rooting uh, to uh, looting and rioting? I mean, I mean, how does he pull off that really deft rhetorical uh, trick of, of basically saying, "Yeah, no, we oppose looting and uh, looting and rioting," but that's not what's happening here. There is some of that, but the protest movement in general. Is is a is a positive expression of American democracy, uh, and it in fact enshrined and protected in the Constitution our ability to do so. If you can pull that off, then it'll be an actual you know it's a fantastic, great, positive. It's just a bit of a minefield that he's wading into, and I I don't think I would have done it <laughs> given the choice, but um, but. Um, I, I know we're all going to be holding our breaths, right? So I go, here we go. Like, you know, Joe, please don't don't screw this one up. And not just screw it up politically. I think politically, uh, and I just wrote another piece for, for liberals who are panicking about how actually things are looking really good for Joe Biden right now. I don't think politically it is, is puts them in danger of losing. I think what it does is it gives, it gives ammunition and fuel to people who, on our side, liberals, who want to hate on Joe Biden. And the weakest demographic for Joe Biden is young people. And the strongest supporters of Black Lives Matter are young people. So you need to, if he were to lock down the youth vote at the same levels he's locking down every other, every other demographic, age demographic, this would be a cakewalk, not just for Joe Biden, but I think we, we pick up Jamie Harrison wins in South Carolina, right? I mean, the, these sort of, stretch Senate races and House districts, we start winning some of those if he were to motivate and bring out the youth vote. So this is where I'm a little more worried. I'm not worried, is Joe Biden gonna cost himself the election? That, that's not happening as of this moment. The question is, can we maximize our gains? And to do so, we need to really maximize performance within our demographics. Because right now what's happening, you look at the polling, not just civics, but other people's polling, most Americans don't equate the protest movement with the looters and rioters. People are smart enough, the ones that aren't watching Fox News, everybody else is smart enough to realize that there are two separate issues altogether. And so um, I don't see danger there right now, but hopefully, hope, I'm, I'm hoping Simone Sanders wrote whatever it is that Joe Biden is gonna say and that he's got a teleprompter and he sticks to the script. That's what I'm really hoping at this point. But you, I mean, what's the point of having a Kamala Harris on a ticket but for moments like this, too? I mean, that's why she's there. She's an African-American woman. Um, I, I, I just think that, see, once again, we as Democrats, and, and you might just have to talk to me now, we know how to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and play only defense on the offense. So Trump, it's the perfect storm. Trump and the Russians and the social media bots have been running an operation on social media, targeting young voters saying, Kamala's a cop and Biden's a cop, 1994 primary. So that's out there. Then Trump from the White House is saying, he's soft on crime. So they come in, in two different directions. Yeah. Now, by responding in this way, 
you play into the cop social media <laughs> operation when you don't even have to. Because again, no one, no one is out advocating rioting and, and looting yeah. um, anywhere, really. And again, most people who are on the ground, including young voters, can kind of see with their own eyes who's doing it and right. not doing it. But you know, let, let's let's do this just because you know it's always good when we can deal with things directly. So I think I have the ad that is um, um, that is going to run. I'm going to see if I can pull it up, and you and I can just watch it together. I have not seen it. You and I can kind of maybe watch it together and then react to it. I want to make it absolutely clear: rioting is not protesting. Looting is not protesting. It's lawlessness, plain and simple. And those who do it should be prosecuted. Fires are burning and we have a president who fans the flames. He can't stop the violence because for years he's fomented. But his failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows how weak he is. Violence will not bring change. It'll only bring destruction. It's wrong in every way. If I were president, my language would be less divisive. I'd be looking to lower the temperature in this country, not raise it. Donald Trump is determined to instill fear in America because Donald Trump adds fuel to every fire. This is not who we are. I believe we'll be guided by the words of Pope John Paul II, words drawn from the scriptures. Be not afraid. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. So what, what is, what's interesting about that, Marcos, Again, even his message is a little confusing. Rioting is not protesting. But then he calls on Donald Trump to call off his, his armed militias and whatnot. So I, I, don't, I don't know. Some, like you say, this is where you're truly right, even though it's impolite for us to say. He, he, he needs to just maybe fill the crib, man. I mean, <laughs> um, it's. Right now, I, I think what they're going for, and this is just me speculating, obviously, the one line of attack that the entire Republican Party has centered on is, is Joe Biden is enthralled to the left. Uh, of course, that, even that's confusing. At one point, he's controlled by the left. At the next point, he's lost control of the left, right? Like, there's, there's no consistency, right? Um, and that and Trump has said it, every speaker at the RNC said it, you know, Joe Biden supports the violence, he supports the looting, right? So he's coming on saying, no, I don't. And it's, it's, it's clear. And then he pivots directly to, if there's violence, it's actually Donald Trump that's fomenting it. So that's the, the, the general thrust of it. I, I don't know if it was done as deftly as it could have been. Again, this is such a such a difficult topic and in, in making that clear, particularly you're trying to do it in 30 seconds or 60 seconds uh, because there's so much nuance involved and so much gray. So um, it is, it is incredibly difficult. And will that, I mean, anything you look at it in like this, you got to think of the big picture. And the, the one thing both campaigns are trying to do is win suburban white women. Right? So the question, I mean, if you look at it through that lens, if you're a suburban white woman that Trump is saying Biden will bring scary black people to your backyard, which is sort of their, their, their message right now, he will burn down your, your white daughters, <laughs> whatever. Does this add 
let those suburban white women feel less scared. Um, I'm not sure they're scared at all. Like we definitely had seen nothing in, in the data, in, in anything, even anecdotally, that suggests that Trump's message of scary black people are coming to your neighborhood are, uh, is resonating with suburban white women. I mean, it's so bad that he's, he's using Cory Booker trying to, <laughs> you know, cuddly Cory Booker. <laughs> It's like a teddy bear, and he's trying to scare people using Cory Booker, which, which in Donald Trump's mind clearly isn't Cory Booker. It's scary. It's Cory Booker. It's black, and he's going to come to your suburban neighborhood. Do we see any evidence in the data in anything that suggests that's working? No, like none, not at all. So um, he's this is Biden responding to something that doesn't seem to be a problem. Maybe they think they're going to head it off before it becomes a problem. Maybe they have focus groups that suggests that, you know, Trump's attacks may be starting to have, an, you know, an effect. We don't know exactly what information that they have that they're acting on, but certainly nothing that I have seen either in, in our own civic data or in anybody else's data or even anecdotally. Um, I haven't seen anybody said I voted Democratic in 2018 because Donald Trump's a racist, xenophobic, uh, sexist, homophobe. But you know what? Cory Booker is like, terrifying so i'm gonna go back to donald trump i don't think that's a thing that's happening anywhere but again we don't we don't know what the biden campaign is looking at if ms-13 didn't work in 2018 i doubt cory booker is going to work <laughs> and if that happens we need to do a whole civics is going to have to become <laughs> clinical like wait a minute y'all weren't scared of ms-13 but he scared you with cory booker and that's right you know, that's another kind of vaccine it's going to have to develop because that's 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 unbelievable. But so let me ask you this: then, sixty days out, we're about doesn't even matter. Has anybody is anybody in the next sixty days who hasn't already made up their mind going to change in Marcos? And that even includes the young people. I mean, I've had some very graphic conversations with young people. I was on a, a, a call the other day with a group of young people. And some of us were there to try to talk them into voting. When they started telling us about some of the stuff they're dealing with out on these streets, I'd say to them, shoot y'all, this ain't working right. Y'all almost talked me out of voting, you know, and they, they all laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you had been on there, Marcos, you'd have been like, I mean, it just, it just reoriented the whole thing. And there's some things out there that, that electoral politics is just not addressing in terms of poverty, despair, um and, and whatnot so again that's a whole nother conversation i left there with the understanding maybe there is little that can be said at this point because again this is finite you know the work that needs to be done goes beyond november 3rd but november 3rd is finite so i got 60 days to convince you all look you got to do this and if we and if i haven't done that by now we haven't figured out we do that by now does it really make a difference? So, so from what you know now about the numbers, are there still numbers or groups that still need to be moved and appealed to um, that have not already been moved where it really makes a difference? Or do the people who count in terms of him winning, just in terms of winning, not the people who count in terms of governing, that's different. Um, but the people who count just to get him over the finish line, Biden Harris over the finish line, do, do those numbers look solid enough to, to, for that to happen? So 
people who have made up their minds at this point are not going to change their minds. And in fact, there's historical precedents that a incumbent president that is losing after the convention has never come back since the advent of polling early last century. <clears throat> so if Trump were to somehow make a rebound, it would be, it would be a, um, it would be a historical, uh, and he pulled off his inside straight in 2016, right? So we know it's a possibility. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it is incredibly difficult for him to turn around people's perception of him, particularly since we're still dealing with the with the issues that have hurt him so bad politically, which are the pandemic and the uh, the protest movement. So, <clears throat> excuse me. What is still to be determined though is who turns out to vote right do we know those young people that you talk to do we know that they hate donald trump yeah does that mean they're gonna vote no and so and that goes to donald trump as well i mean there's a huge swath of non-college educated white people who still hadn't engaged electorally in places like michigan and wisconsin and florida and north carolina and all the all the important uh, states that are going to decide this election. So Trump's trying to get his uh, non-performing voters to turn out. Um, we should be obviously working on the same thing, and that's younger voters, which is why I think <laughs> what we that whole conversation we just had about <clears throat> looting and rioting and, and trying to equate that to the protest movement, that it's dangerous, right? Because this is exactly the group that is, that's your lowest hanging fruit right now. <clears throat> Those suburban white women, they're not going anywhere. <clears throat> urban whites, urban, you know, high-performing urban voters, they're not, they're not going anywhere. Uh, it, is, it is the harder to vote demographics. The, the, the people we always have problems with, uh, they're low-performing voters, and it's single women, it's young people in general. Uh, it is, it is um, Latino voters. Black voters have actually done really well in the last few cycles, could always be better. Um, so those are the people that, that we need to turn out and vote. And that's the big question. It's not, is this group going to change its mind? This is, this is Biden voter going to suddenly decide, you know what, I'm going to vote for Trump. That person does not exist. I've seen nothing. And in fact, what we're seeing this year, which is very atypical, is almost no support for third-party candidates. Like nobody's interested in throwing away their vote this year. And so you see a lot lower undecideds than you did in years past. So people really have made up their minds. It helps if you have two candidates everybody knows that have universal name ID. And so, and that this election is as important. I mean, if you're a racist white, this is your last hurrah. And if you're not a racist white, you're like, holy crap, how do we save our country? And so nobody's really wasting their votes this year. And so the question is, can we get our core vote to turn out? That's the only thing that I don't, no, and the thing that keeps me up at night. So Michael Moore, is he justified in raising the alarm that he's raising? So if his message is don't be complacent, right, no shit, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody's being complacent. I think his argument is flawed. I, I, I finally took a look at it yesterday because I was like, what's everybody freaking out about? He cites two polls, right? He cites this CNN poll and he says that it's, it's a tied poll, right? No, it's not a tied poll. It was 50-46 Biden, four point lead. 
and you can claim oh because of the of the of the uh, margin of error it's tied but you 5046 is just as likely as 5442 i mean that's what the margin of error is right there's nothing to suggest that it only is tighter and in fact when you look at the margin of error just little stats it's a bell curve it means that it's the most likely outcome is what the poll says right so in this case 5046 the further out you get the less likely it becomes so to say that the the poll is tied is actually not a likely outcome it's possible that's what the poll says that's what the margin of error says it's possible uh, that said it was an outlier every other poll has shown the same consistent eight to ten point lead that we've seen all throughout the election and people need to stop looking at one poll either to like make him feel good there's a poll ahead buying up 14 right it's like no he's not up 14 no effing way he's up 14. he's you look at all of the polls and incidentally what we're seeing at, at civics is eight points that's it's an eight point buy and lead which is what the aggregate of everybody else is polling shows second michael moore said minnesota is tied there's a and he said it was a cnn poll first of all it was not a cnn poll it was a poll <clears throat> by a republican sketchy outfit called trafalgar group and what they do this is really fun is they believe that there's a secret this is no joke this is no conspiracy theory they think there's a secret shy trump voter who won't say that he supports trump so they'll take the results and then they add a bunch of support for Trump to account for this shy Trump voter. Now, what I found is that there's no such thing as a shy Trump voter, right? <laughs> they got the red hats, they're happy to stick, you know, in your face. But it's it's pseudoscience. There's not, you know, it's I can just easily say there is a there is a unreachable, unreachable young liberal vote that the polls don't get because young people don't answer their phones or check email. So therefore, I'm just gonna magically add an extra five points to Joe Biden. Like, no, that would be so wrong. You don't do that. So he takes a poll and he sort of misinterprets or exaggerates its margin of error and says it's tied. CNN said it's tied. No, CNN did not say it's tied. And number two, cites his uh, Minnesota poll, which is just junk. And nobody else has shown Minnesota even remotely competitive in our data it's a double digit biden lead and i'm not saying it's going to stay there things can change but this idea that it's tied in minnesota really is so point is what michael moore did is he cherry picked numbers which is what we always say do not do i don't even i don't even depend on civics by itself right and and you know i'm you know i have a polling for, firm and i don't i always look at everybody else because you you could have an outlier you could be wrong you could have the ways wrong and one of the one of the things that people don't realize about polling is that it's not it's it's science yeah but there's a big art component you have to guess at what the electorate looks like and that is literally when i say the word guess yeah it's an educated guess you look at historical trends you look at at you can use data to see who is more likely to vote but in the end you're making an educated guess because you don't quite know who is going to turn up which is why it's great to sort of uh aggregate everybody's numbers because everybody has slightly different formulas but you throw it all together and historically the polling aggregate has been accurate okay. so uh 
the polling aggregate said Hillary Clinton was going to win by two to three points, and she won by two to three points. Mm. You know, it it missed on the margins in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, and that's why Trump won. But if you look at the national aggregate, so um, don't cherry pick data and don't panic. And, and what I did is I wrote this piece saying, uh, <laughs> don't panic, basically, where I look at, at the data nationally, where Biden retains in that polling composite an eight to 10 point lead. I think it's nine, exactly. It's nine um, points. <clears throat> he is leading in all the battleground states in the polling aggregate, including Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, where he has six point leads in all three of those states. And if he wins those three states and nothing else, no other Trump states, Biden wins. Mm -hmm. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. And Biden leads all three by six points in a polling aggregate. That is a big lead for Trump to make up. It would require a massive uh, collapse in Biden's support. And just for context, when the Comey letter came out in 2016, right before the election, that moved numbers two points. And that was a bombshell. That was an October surprise to, you know, and it moved numbers two points. So if Biden's got a six point lead in all three of those most, and that's not just, a, you know, he's got a five point lead in Arizona, he's got a four point lead in North Carolina, he's got two point leads in Georgia and Florida, which those are tenuous for sure, right? Two points, I'm not, you know, three points I'm losing sleep over five, six points, it's very, very hard, absent a massive collapse. So you look at that, you found, we found out yesterday that, that uh, Joe Biden raised $365 million for, for the month, 365. So for context, for context, the previous record was $190 million, $193 million by Barack Obama in September of 2008. So Joe Biden just doubled up the previous record. He's going to have more money that he knows what to do with. Donald Trump's actually running out of money. He actually went dark for two weeks in all, in all TV ads. Like they pulled all TV ads for two weeks and they're like, oh, we're, uh, we're reevaluating our messaging and the Republican convention is getting our message out. No, you don't do that if you have money. So his campaign is actually in financial trouble. I'd be shocked if they hit $100 million uh, for last month when Joe Biden hit $380 million. And when you talk about there's no excitement for Joe Biden, $380 million shows that people, <laughs> they, they're not taking anything for granted. So you look at that, you look at one of the things I did is I looked at state polls, uh, district polls, so House and state legislative seats. And what you do is, you know, you, you look at a House race in Oklahoma, right? And you're like, you know, our candidate is doing really well, but then they have presidential numbers. And so, for example, in an Oklahoma district, Oklahoma City area, uh, the Democrat who won by a sliver last time is up by three points. They're like, yay. You look at the presidential numbers and they had 48% Trump, 47% Joe Biden. And okay, that's, what's that mean? In 2016, Donald Trump won that district 52 to 40. So you're talking an 11 point shift in that Oklahoma district. And it's not a one-up. In every single House and state legislative district poll that we've seen, Joe Biden is dramatically outperforming uh, Hillary Clinton. And these are almost all suburban districts. So when you look at, when I say I see no evidence 
that suburban college educated white women are shifting back to Republicans. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at these polls in those suburban districts that show that Biden is running way ahead of Hillary Clinton in 2016. And that's where we would see if, if they were going back to the Republicans because, oh no, Cory Booker is gonna come shovel your driveway. If that's what you're afraid of, you would see that in those state polls and we're not seeing it. And I'm not cherry picking. I am saying in literally every single one of those polls, Biden is outperforming Hillary Clinton. So when you put all this evidence together, there is literally nothing that suggests that the race has changed. And in fact, what we're seeing is a very stable nine-point Biden lead nationally and a very stable lead in those battleground states. Um, and will things move? Things could always move, right? Nobody's, nobody's complacent. Nobody's, nobody's fearful. Um, you don't need to say we need to act like we're 20 points down because that devoted me, demotivates me. Like if I'm hearing Joe Biden is losing by 20, I'm, I'm packing it in and I'm going right. to start planning my move to Canada or <laughs> you know, something. Um, reality is we're winning. And if you need something to motivate you, realize this is that we have a chance to make historic gains in the House and in, critically in the Senate, which could if we have a big enough Senate majority, could lead to statehood for DC and Puerto Rico that dramatically shifts the balance of power into the decades ahead. Also, we can make dramatic gains at the state legislative level. And that means one, better legislation at the state level, less attacks on choice, on the environment, on labor, and all the things that we care about. Also means we have a better chance of winning the redistricting battle when the district lines are redrawn in 2022. So there is a lot on the ballot for us to motivate us. It's not just about Joe Biden. You don't have to worry about, well, if people think Joe Biden's gonna win, they'll sit it out. Nobody's sitting it out. People were right in 2018 when the polling looked really good for Democrats. Nobody set it out. Like people worked hard to the very end. Democrats won a landslide election. This is the same. Don't be afraid of winning. That's my message to liberals. In fact, let that feed you. Winning is good. You want to win by more. Yeah. That's the motivating. It's like, let's not, let's not just win by nine. If, if that's what the final number looks like, Biden versus Trump. Let's win by 12 and show the world that we are utterly soundly rejecting what Trump stands for and what Trump did to the world and to our country. And let that be the motivator. It, it's not... It's not squeaking by. I don't want to squeak by in a 50-50 election. That's not good enough this year. Well, and, and also the larger margin, the less opportunity he'll have. Yes. To complain about it being fixed or whatever, because whatever the margin is, I think we all know he's not going to leave. He's going to do everything yep. in his power. Not oh, to lawsuits. Not to yep. leave. It's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be litigious. I agree with you. I think what Michael Moore did, and this might have been the case in 2016, when he did in 2016. It, there's there's a way to get a message across without being demoralized, I think. And and so when you hear that, I think there's a segment of the population that that demoralizes. And you're right. Our struggle is to get people to vote. Because nine times out of ten, if people get to vote, they're going to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. Our problem is that our folk feel like, what's the point? 
you know, yeah. you know, is it going to make a difference? And guess what? Michael Moore just said, we're losing again and he's going to win again. So why even bother? And he spoke directly to, was speaking directly about progressives. So when you make a statement like that, we've got to speak more to progressive. Progressives are being ignored, which I don't think is true uh, at all. I don't think they're being ignored. Uh, but we, if you say that, then you're saying that <clears throat> progressives, they don't care about us, forget about it, we're going to lose anyway. And I don't know that that's helpful either, you know? So... Yeah. yeah, and you know, one of the things I saw a lot, because I was like, finally, like, what the hell is this Michael Moore thing everybody's freaking out about, right? So I, I, I fell into that rabbit hole. And I was, I was, I was, you know, going through Facebook posts where people are like, I can't sleep, because, you know, I'm so stressed. How is that healthy? How is that a motivating, positive message? We need to take care of ourselves so that we can be sharp and do the work we need to do to win the election. But if you're like, we're going to be doomed and Trump could win, no shit Trump can win, right? I mean, we saw it in 2016. Nobody's saying it's out of the realm of possibility, but there's a way to deliver that message that says things are okay. Yeah. We need to keep fighting. Take care of yourself. Please get rest, eat well, exercise, be sound of mind and body, because then you need to go out and you need to talk to people. And you need to convince people that how important it is to vote. And you need to help out. You need to phone bank. You need to knock on doors. You need to talk to your neighbors and your, and your friends on Facebook. And you need to do the things you need to do to win this election. But if you're all frazzled and, oh, my God, it's doom. And I haven't slept in three months. And I'm, bare, I'm hallucinating in the day. I'm losing my mind. How is that helpful in doing the work that we need to do to win? Yeah. yeah. Right. <clears throat> Marcos Melissa's of Daily Code, Civics with a Q. You can check out all of his writing. Uh, he writes every day, so there's always something useful and informative. Please, 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 we've been saying, start today making a plan, figuring out how early you can vote in your state, what are the mail-in ballot requirements, all of that. See what all your options are. This is the time to do it. Do not wait to wake up on November 3rd and just, okay, I'm going to go vote. Just no, it's not going to be like that this year. You can do it early. I think, you know, Marcos is right, too. Many have pretty much made up their minds. It's, if, if you don't know yet, you see, Marcos and I, you know, it's like some don't believe in Santa Claus. We don't really believe in independence. We never have. Independent. What is it? Like there's some mythical mass of people who literally aren't going to make up their minds until November 2nd. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I can't participate in that. No, they don't exist. They don't exist. Statistically, we know that they don't exist. They're like that. I don't even want to know about you because something's wrong with you. <laughs> right. What are you waiting for? Um, lastly, before I forget, uh, debates. Should Biden, Nancy Pelosi said he shouldn't debate him. What do you think? Should he debate him? Ah, she's trolling. Um, yeah, absolutely. She should, you know, he should debate. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be fine. Um, what's worse is that Republicans have sort of built up this, this sort of narrative that Donald Trump would just crush Joe Biden in a debate. First of all, the debates don't matter. Right. It, there's nothing. I mean, we saw that in 2016. You know, Trump just absolutely unprepared, did nothing. You know, bombed in all debates. It didn't. It didn't matter. Nobody's mind is going to change. What it does is it sends a message that Joe Biden isn't afraid of Donald Trump, and I think that's an important message to send. And he's not afraid of Donald Trump. There's no reason to be afraid of Donald Trump. And if he plays his cards right. I would, I would figure out a way to trigger, trigger 
Donald Trump. Get him like frothing mad and screaming, you know, at the camera and, and shouldn't be too hard to right. do so. So uh, that's that's what I would be. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be great TV. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a two old white guys yelling at each other. But right. Unless Joe Biden plays the dozens the way Trump does. I mean, I think that's what people like to see that kind of backbone, you know, go at him, like, yeah. you know. But do that, do, use that as a way to motivate your base. And maybe, maybe it could, you know, grab some viral moments out of it that can then spread on TikTok and all the usual places. And maybe young people go like, okay, maybe I'm gonna, you know, all right, this guy's okay, let's, let's vote for him. That's, that's what I wanna see. And again, I'm not worried about Joe Biden losing at this point. Again, things can always change. I want to, right, right now, I'm not worried. If the election were tomorrow, I wouldn't be worried at all. I'd see perfectly fine tonight. What I want to see is those young people motivated to vote because if they do, it's our chance, Jamie Harrison won't yeah. win if we don't get a massive youth turnout vote. I mean, it's, those are the things that we need to see happen. Uh, and is Joe Biden going to motivate those young people to vote? He hasn't yet. Can Jamie Harrison? Probably, but Jamie Harrison doesn't have that profile. So. This, these are the challenges that we have in the, in the two months left. Yeah. Thursday Coast, y'all. That's Thursday Coast. Marcos Melitzis, DailyCoast.com. Thank you, buddy. All right. Have a great one. And see you next week. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.